Welcome to this week's episode of the Integra Podcast, where we discuss everything from wisdom to wellness to woo. So, without further ado, let's get to it. Welcome to the Integra Podcast, where we talk about all things wisdom, wellness, and woo. Today, my guest is Dr. Melissa Corley Carter, the barefoot dancing rocket scientist, big dream breakthrough coach, and epic life speaker. Melissa takes big dreamers from status quo to extraordinary. An actual rocket scientist, seven continents marathoner, author, photographer, speaker, and astronaut reject, Melissa is no stranger to dreaming big. Her dynamic range of life experiences brings a unique blend of art and science to her work. With her superpowers of shifting perspective, celebrating your awesomeness, and reflecting your greatness back to you, Melissa will help you get out of your own way and turn your dreams into reality. Melissa is the author and photographer of the 2021 coffee table book, Running the World, Marathon Memoirs from Seven Continents. In her book, she shares her epic outer journey across the continents and her epic inner journey of recovering from shattered dreams and realigning her life with powerful purpose. Melissa is also a certified quantum human design specialist and quantum alignment system practitioner. She loves helping people reconnect with their true selves and remember how powerful, unique, and awesome they are. An inspirational force of nature, Melissa is here to initiate you into living more fully in alignment with your own powerful purpose. Welcome, Melissa. So glad to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me, Heather. It's a joy to be here. Yay! I, yeah, I'm so excited to have you. And I love, uh, I love your bio because it's just inspiring and empowering and the way it should be, the way we all Thank need you. To really talk about ourselves. So um, I met you through um, quantum human design classes, but I don't know your origin story. Um, basically how you got where you are today. Um, would you share this with our listeners? I sure will. Yes. Thanks, Heather. The, the biggest origin story I guess I have is that whole astronaut reject part of the bio. Uh, I actually spent 20 years wanting to be an astronaut starting in fifth grade. So like many little children, an astronaut came and talked to my class and I was hooked. I was on the path and that's what I wanted to do. And I followed that for 20 years. I, I did all the math and science and I got engineering degrees. I got a PhD in astronautical engineering, which is where the rocket science part comes in. Mm -hmm. And I just did all the things. And I applied, well, so I'll say I had bad eyesight. So I was, there was always kind of a little thing in the background, like, mm, I know my eyesight doesn't qualify, but by the time I am prepared, by the time I'm old enough and have all the, the boxes checked, I'll, I'll, you know, I'm sure they'll be allowing laser surgery. Right. And, and they did. They started allowing laser surgery. I went out and got LASIK and had 20-20 vision, super excited. So the first time I was eligible to apply was 2012 and I put in my application Hitting the apply button was just in and of itself a dream come true. It was super exciting. Yeah. And I got the word that I was, I, my eyesight before I got LASIK was so bad that I was disqualified anyway. Oh, <laughs> dang it. So, right. So that was 
basically for me, the proverbial dark night of the soul. I, I didn't have a backup plan. I, I know that sounds a little crazy, but I kind of always assumed that I would make it. You know? right. And, and so I, I really didn't know what to do. And I, I had, I, when I, as I look back, obviously this, this was actually about 10 years ago. So I've had a lot of time to reconsider and then not reconsider, but, but more reflect and, and think about that period of my life. And, and what I have come to realize is that I really had wrapped so much of my identity around becoming an astronaut. I always identified myself as a future astronaut. I didn't know who I would be or what I would do uh, without, without that. So there was, there was a big part of fear, like, wow, I really have no idea what to do. And it really was this sort of crushing, I don't know who I am anymore mm-hmm. sort of experience. Mm-hmm. So I was still in the Air Force at the time. I was active duty military and I had actually just gotten an assignment as a general's aide de camp. So I really didn't have time to, 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 to worry about it at that point. I was kind of always going, going, going on someone else's agenda, which first of all, was a really amazing experience. I got to travel the world and do a lot of really cool stuff. And I, and it was good. I think it took, it took me out of myself for a while. So I sort of processed in the background mm-hmm. and, and so the, the short version is that, you know, I, I, started to learn things about mindfulness and learn about mm, thriving and redefining success. And after a few you know, a few years, I ended up leaving active duty military, joining the reserve and, and becoming a life coach and, and sort of starting my own coaching business. And really, basically my motivation was to help people find their life purpose as I was finding mine. And so that was, so, so again, it, it was kind of a long meandering journey but here I am finding myself, um, what I've really discovered is that what I really wanted when I decided I, to become an astronaut, or that I wanted to become an astronaut, was a sense of spiritual to the universe that I already intuitively was aware of. Mm-hmm. And I think I also just really wanted to inspire people to greatness the way that astronauts had always inspired me. Mm-hmm. So, so when I think about it, when, I, when I've come to those realizations, I've realized that I am actually really and truly living my dream every day. And, and it wasn't about being an astronaut. It was about all the, the, the inspiration and the life and the connection that, that, that I thought when I was in fifth grade mm-hmm. that that would give me. So it's, it's turned out more beautifully than I could have ever imagined. Oh, yeah. And that makes, you know, so much sense because there's such a vastness to space. Yes. And yes. A vastness to spirituality and um, this beauty of awe and wonder um, that, you know, we all and that unknown, you know. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I love that. So you became a life coach. Mm-hmm. Um how long have you been a marathoner? When did you start running? I started running marathons in 2007. Uh, oh. So, so kind of way, way back a while ago. And, 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 and so, and I actually, I didn't set out to run a marathon. I was in the military and you sort of, you know, have to take a PT test every year. And so you run, you know, when you're in the military. So I actually had a friend at work who was a really good athlete, really good runner. And she had started taking me on kind of longer and longer runs. And I was learning that, oh, I can, this distance running thing, well, at the time distance running was like eight miles. Uh, but, but I was learning that I could do it. I was not very fast, but I, I could, you know, cross the finish line. And I actually was telling my mom about the, the running I'd been doing. And she said, you know, there's a, a marathon in Big Sur, which in Big Sur, California, one of the most beautiful places in the world. 
And I thought, wow, it, this was September and the race was in April. And I thought, I mean, surely I could train for a marathon in that time. And uh, just really the opportunity to run in Big Sur was what motivated me to do it. Oh, heck yeah. And, and then when I went to the, the race expo for the marathon, there was a, a, a table, there was a booth set out for a group called the Seven Continents Club. <gasps> and so it was a group of people who ran around running marathons on all seven continents. And I was totally hooked, never looked back. And, and here I am. <laughs> so. Wow, that is such a cool story, isn't it? It just, you know, it's amazing how spirit works for all of us, you know, mm -hmm. um, or the universe, however, you know, we see it. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. So um, you have uh, written a book. Yes. Um, again, it's called Running the World Marathon Memoirs from Seven Continents. Um, so tell us more about that. Um, you know, you start with these, um, these other runners, um, but this was more of your personal journey of it, correct? Yes. Yes. So this was, this was my really stories from my journey and photographs that I took. I've always loved photography. Mm. I'm very much an amateur, but I just love to take pictures. I love composition. I love telling stories about pictures or sharing the stories they evoke in me. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so the book is really about that journey. And it's, it's interesting how the book came about. I, I was actually, so I got the idea for it in 2019. So I actually, I finished my marathons on the continents in 2012. So again, kind of a while ago, and it didn't really occur to me to, you know, do anything with that. I, you know, again, I had my pictures I had, I had made online photo albums. I actually had people saying, wow, you have a really great photographic eye. And one of my friends said, you know, if the whole science thing doesn't work out. It's good to know you have a backup plan. And, you know, 10 years later, I'm like, man, I should have listened to him back then. <laughs> but <laughs> But here we all, we get to where we are in perfect time, right? Yes. So at the time in 2019, I was trying to write a book about leadership and I, I was kind of casting about thinking, you know, what am I going to bring that's unique? Everyone and their dog has written a book about leadership. I'm not entirely sure what I'm going to say that's different. So I was struggling a bit mm -hmm. and I was, as, as many of us do also struggling with what is my purpose, you know, and and I've been reflecting on questions that I've been asked by coaches, one being, you know, if it had already arrived, whatever it is, whatever you're, you know, how you think about success had already arrived, what, what would you be doing? And actually photography had come up for me as I thought about that. Okay. That's something there. And, and then also the question, what do you already have? I think I was trying to, I was trying to create something that wasn't already in me as it were. And when I, so there were those questions and, and I it was really sort of a humbling experience to just ask the universe, I don't know, what am I doing? And, and honestly, in, within a few minutes, the idea that landed for me was coffee table book. And I, it was, it was unbelievable. I mean, I was actually writing in my journal about something entirely different. And this idea landed and I thought, whoa, of course I have the pictures. I have the stories. Well, why not? And, and so that was amazing. And then the thing was that I was a huge catalyst in and of itself because I had not really thought about the parallels between the sort of progression of my marathons uh, that, per that parallel to the progression of my life. I hadn't really thought deeply or done a whole lot of analysis about the experience. I just sort of, yeah, did that. That was cool. And, but, but writing the book about it, I learned so much about myself. I learned so much about my journey and just reflect on it was such a huge, powerful healing experience, mm. which reminds us that creativity in and of itself is so healing. 
just end of statement that creativity heals. Yes, uh, really, it really does. So tell us a little bit more about you. You just mentioned that um, as you progressed in your marathons, you progressed in your story. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so it's funny thinking about the first marathon compared to the last or the last in this, I did one more marathon after the continents um, that's not in the book, but, uh, but my first marathon in Big Sur, I actually ran it twice. I ran, I ran the first year I did it. Uh, and then I actually moved to the Naval Postgraduate School that summer, which is in Monterey, right next mm -hmm. to Big Sur. So I, I ran it again the following year and actually cut an hour off my time. Whoa. Uh, so I was able to practice on the course and did, did really good training. So the Big Sur was really all about hard work and training and preparation and sort of just the essence of how I had lived my life to that point. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Uh, sort of in the conditioning that we all experience that it has to be hard, you know, in order to be what? worthwhile, <laughs> uh -huh. which is totally actually focus. Helpful, helpful. It gets us kind of where we are. And it's nice as you kind of mature and learn that there's something to this flow thing and, mm -hmm. and, and this flowing with the universe thing. So fast forward, my last marathon was in Australia and it was called the Solar Eclipse Marathon. It was actually in conjunction with a total solar eclipse. Was that the 2017 one? Or? No, it was actually 2012, and you could only see it from the south, um, the southern hemisphere. So it was, it was, it was. I had heard about it a couple of years earlier, and one of my friends, or my one of my friends, had actually said there was going to be a solar eclipse in Australia, and we should find some excuse to go. And then this marathon appeared. I was like, what? Well, there's a good excuse. There you go. Uh -huh. <laughs> so it was, it was really cool because it was. We we went to. We basically started on this beach and and all had solar eclipse glasses and got to watch the eclipse. It was early in the morning. It was about six thirty in the morning or so, mm -hmm. near thereabouts, and uh, watched the solar eclipse. And then the starting gun for the race was when the sun's rays come back out from behind the moon. So then off we went. Uh, so it was it was really cool. Yes, it was so powerful. And as I reflect, I mean, the really cool metaphor there is that eclipses are just all about alignment, right? Mm -hmm. Sun, moon, earth, completely aligned. Yes. And by that time in my journey, I had, I actually did this whole transition from uh, from regular running in shoes to barefoot running. I, I didn't run any marathons barefoot, but I started running in minimalist shoes and, mm -hmm. and the kinds of, and I, I ran barefoot as much as I could, but just not 26 miles. Right, right. Four or five miles barefoot. I had actually, uh, my best was I ran the army 10 miler barefoot. I ran 10 miles barefoot in 2013. Wow. Uh, which was so fun. Uh, so, but anyway, I had, I had sort of transitioned into this more more natural way of being, which is the whole point of barefoot natural running anyway. Mm -hmm. And during this journey was also when my astronaut dream was crushed. So yes. I, I had learned, I had, I had had that experience and that sort of, I have no idea what to do next with my life. And then here I am at the Solar Coast Marathon, all about alignment and portals and transformation. And, yes. and this sort of was my doorway into the next phase of life. Uh huh. And all of that I learned just from writing the book. I had not thought about this consciously before. So again, creativity is healing. You never know what you're gonna learn about yourself when you actually pause and reflect. Yeah, yeah. So this is, a, a, that allowed you to um, pause, reflect, shift the narrative and um, really, yeah, yeah. And put it out there as, and, as inspiration. 
mm-hmm. or others. I just love that. Yeah, I just, yeah, I was getting the chills as you were talking when you said it was 2012 and those, that big shift with you with the, um, as an astronaut into the like coaching piece mm-hmm. is, and so is that when you um, went and got the life coaching? Not quite. I, I did not, I didn't actually leave active duty until 2015. So okay. I, I did, I did sort of, you know, do the traditional path for a while. And, and, and the, the, the clincher there was I, I started to, I had always, I mean, I, I sort of rationalized that I was never going to do something just in order to become an astronaut. I was, I wanted to enjoy what I was doing and have fun yes. and, and, and thought that about my time in the Air Force as well. I sort of assumed at one point that I would do a full 20 year career, uh, but has always said I would do it until I wasn't enjoying it anymore. And I, I got to a point where I, I actually kind of wasn't enjoying it anymore. Mm-hmm. I love the people I've, I've always, I've, I've been blessed. I had some really like truly amazing experiences, did get to travel the world with some really amazing and inspiring people and and have just incredible leadership experiences and while I liked the people I just wasn't feeling fulfilled by the work um, it wasn't work that called to my soul I really liked working with people I liked creativity I liked doing team building activities but I was sort of in the acquisitions world that and program management and stuff that that just was was not really fun for me it just didn't feel like my purpose it didn't so like- I, <laughs> yeah yeah. So I made the leap in, in 2015 and, and still, I mean, I'll say that I still cast it about for quite a while and it's, it's t- it still has taken me a, a few years to really, I think, hone in mm-hmm. as it were on specific life purpose. It's been, it's been more general, like I, it, it's more like a way of being, you mm-hmm. know, and, and what I've learned of course, is that your purpose is not about what you do. It's about being you. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's taken me a while to, really embrace that like I think I I think I intuitively knew it but still struggled with feeling like I was failing my mission or that I didn't know what I was doing or I didn't know what my purpose was and and even though I it was intrinsically always connected to it so that was a little bit of a meandering response but but that's part of my journey is meandering so here we are no that's all good no I love it um yeah, that uh, that's so important. And just just as a mention, what is your type and uh, profile? I'm so I'm a six two alchemist. So the, the six, the classic, you know, fear of failing your mission, <laughs> totally. Uh, and and I am on the roof right now. So for for listeners who who uh, know what that means, it's sort of the second phase of life phase of the the six line profile. Yeah. So, <laughs> Yeah. We're, we're integrating and, and working on where, how we're going to come out in the world in our full brilliance, as it were. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Align six is, it's just such a, a cool, um, you know, trip, you know, yeah, life is. trip. It really is. <laughs> it's so cool. I love it. I love it. I'm glad that you should. Thanks for sharing your, um, your type. And if, if you are not a quantum human design person, that would be the generator. And um, um, I love both names, but I, I feel like the alchemist really does pull all of the uh, who um, that generator type is um, together. It really, really does. So, um, so you've told us a lot about that. Um, tell us a little bit more about um, really about uh, the um, Sorry, my my brain just uh, popped for a second. Um, 
can you um can you give us like your top maybe three or five tips you don't have to give all give five but if you have some tips for shifting mindset and really shifting um the narrative of uh stuff so yeah absolutely absolutely the first one is is really to pause uh, you know, we, we, we said it, you know, your life purpose is not about what you do. It's about being you. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a, there's a couple of things there. One being, we, we kind of, when we think about purpose, we tend to, in our sort of conditioned societal conditioning, think about job. Like, what do we do for our job? What do we do to make money? And we're taught that our worth is tied to how much money we make and how accomplished we are and the corner office and the white picket fence and the job title and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so we kind of forget about the being part. And, and so, so your contribution to the world is really who you are. Mm-hmm. which I think can be super liberating, but that can also be stressful. I think uh, certainly for me, it, when I was sort of not sure what that meant, and for, for many listeners, I imagine it's sort of stressful, like, but I don't know who I am, and I don't know what that means, or what should I do when I wake up tomorrow morning? What does it mean to be me? Um, so I <laughs> totally get it. So that point, my my second, so the pause is first, uh, the pause, <sighs> Get off, the, get off the treadmill or get off the hamster wheel, you know, for half a second and sit in being. Mm-hmm. Trust that it's just, it's about your being. And if you don't know what that means, my second tip would be what brings you alive? Go do something creative. And, and a, a lot of people tend to think they're not creative. If you're a human being, you're creative. Congratulations. Yes. <laughs> so it, it doesn't mean you have to be a good drawer or painter or visual artist. It's not just visual arts that are creative. There's cooking is creative. Yes. Taking care of a child is creative. You name it. You know, there's so many things that are going for a walk in nature is a, is a creative activity. So it's really about getting in touch with your aliveness and, and what really makes you feel most like yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you're completely overwhelmed by that too, and you're like, wow, I just have so much going on. I just, you know, I'm so exhausted. Then go take a nap. Go take a nap. Seriously, exactly. that's your homework. Go take a nap. And, and ask the question before you take your nap, what am I here for? Mm-hmm. And, and then see what, see what happens. Mm-hmm. So say again connect to your aliveness connect to your creativity yeah and then and then my third tip would be that ask portion Uh, like I shared sometimes it's sometimes the ask doesn't happen until we're on our knees in our darkest hour but but it doesn't have to be like that you can ask in every single moment universe what am I here for what what's my next step because as as you as you and I have learned Heather we we, we so work, we work so hard to answer and figure things out with our minds. And that's yes. not how our minds are designed. They're designed to ask questions and the answers then come in from universe, from source. Mm-hmm. We don't have to figure it all out. And, and I think it's, it's not just a desperation move. It's a, in every moment you have this infinite source of wisdom that you can tap into if you remember to pause, connect to yourself and then ask a question. Mm-hmm. And, just, and typically for me, as the more and more I do that, the more the next thought I have, I find is the answer. Mm-hmm. Or on, you know, last Thursday, I, I, I got a suggestion from someone and it felt really overwhelming. And I was like, oh my gosh, that sounds like it'll take forever and so long. And, and I just knocked it out this morning. It was like I, a few days of percolating and today I knew exactly how to do it. So mm-hmm. 
I guess that's also a trust piece of, of learning that the more you ask, the more sources available for you, and the more you trust it, the more answers will come. Mm-hmm. So pause, connect, and ask are basically my three core strategies for really reconnecting with your own purpose. Yeah, yeah, and it's so true. And um, once you ask, letting it go, and mm-hmm. uh, just listen, it'll yeah. come. And yeah, yeah. And I love that. I'm like, I'm so, uh, I love that you shared that sometimes it comes right in that moment. You'll get the next right moment. You'll get it, but also it can come days later Yeah, and, um, and or months or years. Sometimes it's years. Know. I know that sounds crazy, but, but it happens. You know? It does. It really does. It's interesting as, you know, as things shift and it comes right when it's supposed to come. Absolutely. Is that, Absolutely. So I love that. So um, we kind of talked about um, your book and I really, um, is there any wisdom or inspiration you'd like to share from the book before we go? Sure, sure. I'll I'll share just a little passage. This is actually from the prologue of the book and uh, which which sort sort of went from the very beginning of my running career to the, yeah, I completed these marathons. And I think for me, one of the biggest, transformations as I look back I, I I laugh a bit because when I was running the marathons I at the time I was definitely a do 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 complete sort of like masculine type energy just get it done and and do all the hard things and do all of them well mm-hmm. and a part of me at the time felt a little bit relieved that I was running marathons when I would go on leave because I felt like I didn't have to justify taking a vacation because I had a really good excuse because I was, I was running a marathon, which right. I mean, sounds kind of ridiculous. Like I thought I would be, I thought people would think I was a slacker if I just went on a vacation. <laughs> I didn't think other people were slackers if they went on vacation, but of course I thought, which, yeah, what, what's wrong with that idea? But <laughs> anyway, so there was, so I, I did kind of want sometimes to pause and be, but I thought I would be less than if I did. Yeah. So, so this, this little passage is, is about that. And, and so what, um, so I'll just share briefly. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't trade a moment of that part of my life for the world. It led me to where I am today. I now balance the being and the doing in a fulfilling and nourishing way. In my mind's eye, I embrace the young woman I used to be, the one who didn't know she was already enough. I thank her for her dreams. I promise her that she is enough and that she has the power to create her future. Boldly go into that future, I tell her. That's my little offering for today. Boldly go into your future. I love that. Oh, my goodness. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that piece. Now, um, can you tell people where they can purchase your book? Again, it's Running the World, Marathon Memoirs from from the Seven Continents. Um, Where can they purchase that book? Uh, they can they can go to my website so you can go to resilienceactually.com forward slash running the world and and there's you can order directly from me it is also on amazon so if you go to amazon look up you know marathon or running the world marathon memoirs from the seven continents uh and it's there Uh, i also do have uh you can also download the first chapter or the the prologue what actually where the the part i just read was from you can download that for free from my website as well so check it out at at www.resilienceactually.com forward slash running the world i love that and you are also on instagram and Mm -hmm. what is your Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And I'm Melissa Corley Carter in all of those places. 
Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being on the Integra podcast today. I really, really loved hearing your story and uh, all the inspiration that you shared with the listeners. Thank you, Heather. I appreciate your time and your questions and your presence so much. Oh, thank you. This has been another episode of the Integra podcast. Stay tuned for more. Today's podcast is brought to you by Integra Holistic Wellness, home of the Integra Wellness Method. At Integra Holistic Wellness, we recognize that you are made up of four integral parts, body, mind, spirit, and soul purpose. When you work with an Integra Holistic Wellness mentor, you'll be guided how to integrate these four parts of your being through nutrition and movement, mindfulness and emotional release connection to others and your higher self and your soul's true purpose. To find out more and connect with Heather, contact her at support at IntegraHolisticWellness.com. That's support at IntegraHolisticWellness.com. You can also catch her on Instagram and Facebook at IntegraHolisticWellness. That's I-N-T-E-G-R-A Holistic Wellness.